Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of Between Two Term Sheets, where we meet with prominent investors, founders, venture builders, and accelerators to discuss early-stage funding in the high-technology space. Our host is Owen Matthews, founder, CEO, serial investor, and chairman of Alacrity Canada. Hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, another episode uh, with Owen Matthews talking about the venture community in, in Canada. Uh, today, we're, we're talking with Neha from 500 Startups based in Toronto. Hi, everybody. Now, uh, a huge organization, 500 Startups. Thanks for joining us today. Do you want to give us just a, a broad overview of, of some of the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So, I am based in Toronto. I am a native Torontonian, and but 500 Startups is headquartered in San Francisco. Um, my focus is investing in companies on behalf of the firm across Canada only. So very regionally focused. Um, and we are a early stage fund. So I'm looking for companies that are young, early in their inception, and really starting to realize a bit of growth. And that's sort of the sweet spot at which we come in and we invest. And I've been in venture capital for coming up to eight to nine years now. I'm starting to lose a little bit of count. Um, and I've always been focused on early stage. I think it's a great domain to be in. And I think the VC landscape in Canada is changing drastically, all for the good. So it's definitely an exciting time. There is a lot going on in Canada, lots of uh, exciting venture activity. So, so, so I'd have to agree with you there. Now, when you say early stage, is, is this, does this go far as pre-revenue? Give us some perspective of, of uh, the type of people that should be reaching out to you. Absolutely. Um, pre-revenue is perfectly fine. Um, generally, what I like to say is we invest in companies that have some early evidence of product market fit. You know, maybe they've got an MVP, they've launched it in market, and they've got some early indicators that they're onto something, right? That flywheel is starting to spin. Now, that's not to say we won't invest earlier. I think in Canada, there is a very large gap in BC funding in the early, early stage. I know the labels have all been um, shifted a little bit. So this is the stage that we now call pre-seed, which is, you know, you're truly early. In some cases, it's just an idea on paper. But if the founding team is strong enough, we will absolutely invest at that stage as well. Perfect. Now, with such a large portfolio, uh, give us some perspective of, of what your typical venture deal looks like. You, you, you have a bit of a formula from, from what I understand. Uh, so, so give us an idea of what a company coming in to work with you should expect. So company coming in to work with us, we'll write them a small check. Typically, that's anywhere from 100 to 150 KUS. And then what we typically do is we plug them into our network. Um, we have a very powerful platform that they can leverage. Um, and this is largely for companies that are also going through our seed program, which is based in San Francisco. It's a four-month program. Um, but it is really that, like you said, Owen, it's, it's the fact that we are such a big entity and we have so many portfolio companies, that network in itself of founders connecting with founders has just, um, you know, by way of grassroots become very powerful where everybody is truly connected. And, and I should add that it's also very global. I think we have invested in companies around 74 countries now and counting. 
So um, great insights for founders to get from other regions. And then we have a very large pool of mentors, EIRs, again, all global that we sort of tap our companies into on an as need basis. But what we don't do is we don't get involved in the nitty gritty day-to-day operations of the company. We don't take board seats. And so we really leave it up to the founders to say, when you need us, we are here and we will do what we can, but the ball is in your court. You also help with fundraising, don't you? We do. Yeah, absolutely. Again, if, if companies reach out and need introductions or connections, absolutely happy to help make those happen. And, and a, number of your, a number of your companies, you say, they position themselves in San Francisco and, and work in a program with you for a few months, right? Yep. Yep, that's the seed program. They're down there for four months. Combination of curriculum, mentorship, access to investors, and that all culminates with a demo day um, that happens down in SF. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. And when you're talking about global portfolio, this is thousands of companies, isn't it? I think the last count I heard was over 2,500 companies, portfolio companies. Around the world, yeah. You know, I won't make matters too complicated, but we have several funds as well. Um, we have the U.S. fund, which we call the mothership, and then we've got several regional funds all around the world. And they're, you know, it's great because they're local, they're on the ground, and they're able to get better understanding of what companies to invest in in their specific region. Well, what, what difference do you see between Canada and the U.S. And, and maybe some of the other spots around the world? Obviously, you're looking at different you know, markets. You're, you're, you're obviously seeing different types of entrepreneurs. Do you see a big difference between what's happening in the U.S. and in Canada? I know lots of, uh, lots of our Canadian listeners are always interested in hearing about the differences. They're, they might be thinking about fundraising in the U.S. Uh, you know, we try to encourage them to look to Canada first. Uh, but are you seeing big, big differences? Companies at the early stage, in my perspective, there's not a whole lot of difference between the quality of the founders in Canada, the quality of the founders in other parts of the world, between the um, level of innovation of the ideas in Canada versus rest of the world and in rest of you know U.S., it's when companies start to mature that you start to see a lot more discrepancy. And that's around how much funding are the companies taking in? How quickly are they growing? Canadian companies definitely do experience a little bit of a lag when it comes to that. Uh, but I think a lot of Canadian companies are waking up to that. And that's why a ton of them go down to the U.S. and get U.S. investment early on and get that mentorship and, and get, you know, board members around their table because they they know that in order to compete globally they have to be moving as fast as let's say their u.s counterparts um but that's not to say there's definitely certain industries in canada where if you look around the world you realize huh our innovation in this specific industry and, and fintech is the one i'm thinking of specifically um our innovation in fintech in canada is probably five years behind than rest of world that global perspective really helps, you know, even for myself when I'm evaluating opportunities, it's like, okay, well, is this, you know, truly knocking out of the park innovation or is this something that's probably going to creep into Canada from some global player eventually? Yeah, well, we, we understand that. We, we have funds around the world. And one of the first things that we do when we see an interesting opportunity is go around the world and say, is, is this solved somewhere else already? Because yeah. if you know, more than likely that they're winning somewhere else and they're going to find their way into Canada or, or uh, Mexico or, or Istanbul or wherever else we're, we're, you know, we're excited about putting money into a company. Uh, you know, when it's solved somewhere else, it, it, it can find its way into your market pretty quick. 
For sure. And I think this is a phenomenon that's somewhat recent. And I use that term loosely. Um, you know, before it was all about Silicon Valley, San Francisco, the innovation coming out of there. I think everyone's realizing that rest of the world has some amazing, amazing tech hubs. And I would be shocked to find an investor in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, that isn't feeling the pressure to look outside their backyard and start to really invest in global entities. You know, the fact of the matter is there's there's innovation all over the world and San Francisco might be a central place with, with an awful lot of funding for innovation, uh, but uh, there, there's innovation that happens all over the place and, and uh, you know, capital is, is pretty fluid. Uh, so if there's innovation happening, uh, you know, capital is one of the one of the easiest things to export, uh, and and making investments around the world is, you know, for us certainly a great pleasure and one of the reasons why uh, why we wor like working in the sector. Mm -hmm. uh, so so that is that is a wonderful overview of of you know 500 startups. It's uh, it's great to hear you know that uh, that you're you're bullish on Canada and making investments in Canada. Uh, and and that uh, you're seeing you know a willingness on the part of Canadian companies to go fundraise out of the U.S. and and certainly uh, you know that uh, people out of San Francisco are are keen to look at deals in Canada. We certainly haven't seen any challenges with with uh, U.S. based funds you know coming up and looking at uh, looking at Canadian companies. If you were uh, giving some advice to to an entrepreneur. Uh, who is looking to fundraise, uh, you know, in Toronto or, or, or the rest of Canada that, that you serve? You know, what, what would you be telling them today? What markets are you excited about? You know, what guidance would you give them around fundraising? Yeah, great question. Something that is sort of top of mind for me because I've seen it happen in the last few weeks. You know, it's, it just keeps on popping up over and over. A lot of companies, you know, there's this idea that, US-based investors give higher valuations. And that's a fact, right? And in many cases, that is quite true. But I've seen so many companies hit a wall because they're raising on valuations that are high to start with, which is great. It feels great at the time. But then they're not able to sort of meet or exceed that when it comes time for, you know, to raise their next round. And it's, it's tricky, right? Because funds in the US are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They have more and more capital to, to, to deploy, and they have no problem giving a, a company that's super early stage a big check with a big valuation. They need to get that capital off their books. And so if you're a competitor to this company that's raised a ton of money, and you're not raising nearly the same amount, well, how do you compete, right? But again, if, if you're raising at such high valuations and you're not able to maintain the company to meet that, well, then you end up hitting a wall. So it's a, it's a little bit of this awful loop that I, I find companies are getting stuck in. So my advice to them when I meet them is to always just really be cognizant of the terms, the, the individuals that they're raising from, and not to get too excited by the hype of what you know, valuations can mean for the company. Because um, at the end of the day, I think fundraising is, is often celebrated a bit more than it should be. I think fundraising around a capital is very indicative of potential success of a company, but it's definitely not, you know, the end all and the be all. You got to build the company. And so I think entrepreneurs get a little bit too caught up in the fundraising side and what that means and everything that comes with that. So that's the advice I've been giving to a lot of founders lately. Um, and just based on the fact that valuations are creeping up. 
Oh, I always find it funny that you celebrate a valuation uh, and a fundraising, which of course means that you've earned the right to continue to work hard, <laughs> and continue to, to take risk and, and, and continue to roll the dice without, without ever actually necessarily getting the win. It is important that uh, somebody's validating your idea and, and putting value on the company, uh, but that, that's not an exit. And uh, many people get caught up in, in the successful fundraising and, and forget that ultimately the goal is to make a, and build a real company. Mm-hmm. And that, that is, that's, that's the focus that matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think we celebrate a lot of this stuff, which is great. And entrepreneurship should feel good about it and very excited. But when the real wins don't come, exactly like you said, when the exits don't come, being a founder is the hardest thing in the world. I mean, these, the founders are grueling day in and day out. And so this is kind of the, you know, you see a lot of mental health these days and, and you're coaching founders through it and trying to help them through it. But there is a lot of this external social validation that they're trying to, you know, meet and get some attention and media attention. And it all is just this vicious cycle, right? Gone are the days where you're building in isolation in your garage and, and, and you don't have to feel the social and external pressure. And so I think that's just adding to a little bit more of, of what's going on in the market. Well, it's been a very long time since I've done it, but uh, I, I still remember the uh, the grueling day in and day out and the stress of, you know, the get trying to land that next customer that, you know, boosts your value. It, thankfully, from a very, very, uh, you know, early age focused only on, you know, customers are the only validation that really matters. Right. <laughs> Outside money's interesting, but it's the customers that really, uh, you know, validate the business and, and that's what drives, drives the value. So that... That's all I've ever known. Uh, at, at the same time, it, it doesn't take away from that grueling hard work associated with, with trying to win those customers and find that product market fit and listen carefully to the market and realize that maybe you know what, what you thought was great, the market doesn't have a willingness to pay for. And you've got to pay attention to that more than anything. We always find you know, the founder that, that you know, wants to prove a point come hell or high water typically doesn't end up with a successful business. You know, you've got to listen mm-hmm. to what's happening and that you pay attention to those failures because there's many, many lessons in them. And, and if any success, you know, comes after a, a long line of little failures. Mm, very well said. Yep. Completely agree. Perfect. Well, you know, we, we, uh, we've had a wonderful time uh, chatting. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, anything else you want to add about 500 startups or, or the Canadian scene? Just, you know, feel really thrilled to be doing what I'm doing and get to work with some really great, exciting, amazing companies day in and day out. Um, I will be speaking uh, sort of at the end of November in Ottawa at a conference called Fast North. So for any listeners that want to sort of chat and catch up, you can definitely find me there. And otherwise, just, yeah, I really look forward to seeing sort of the venture landscape continue to mature in Canada and all that that will bring. Yeah, the, the SAS North uh, team have done a great job. Uh, we made, make the trip to Ottawa every year for that. Uh, they, they get a lot of uh, investors out from, uh, you know, from places around the world, certainly from the U.S., uh, and I'm assuming if your mandate is across Canada, you must make your, make your way out west or uh, to other parts of Canada. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I'd encourage any of the companies uh, that, that are interested in fundraising that are early stage to reach out uh, and uh, make sure that they have uh, an opportunity to tell you what they're up to. Absolutely. Thanks, Owen. It's been such a, such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time to talk to us today. Cheers. 
That's it for today's show. You've been listening to Between Two Term Sheets. Our show is hosted by Owen Matthews, produced by Anya Vasotska, and brought to you by Alacrity Canada. Head to alacritycanada.com to find out more about Alacrity and our other initiatives. You can find more episodes of Between Two Term Sheets for free wherever you listen to podcasts.